Talk about spiritual growth. Part one. We're two blind crew. Talking about spiritual growth today on Two Blind Crew. How you doing? I'm Jeff and back from uh, over there. Witness Protection Program. Gregory, you well, must have seen something you weren't supposed to see. That's right. I got my glasses on. Or heard something you weren't supposed to hear. I heard that squirrel just now. <laughs> That's nuts. All right. That's squirrel <laughs> nuts. It's been a long morning already, and we just got started. Yeah, we're all tanked up on the uh, caffeine, so pardon us in advance. I got my uh, my camouflage hat on here, so you might have to adjust your uh, your video monitor. You might not be able to see me. Um, I, it is good. You know, you're almost invisible to me. <laughs> it works. See, you guys really should get some coffee this morning. That's all I can yeah. suggest. And I guess as long as the military is going up against a bunch of blind guys, uh, camouflage is pretty easy to pull off. What was that? There was a movie. It was um, oh gosh, I can't think of the name of it. But there were all a bunch of superheroes, and one of them's gift was that he could make himself invisible as long as nobody was looking. That's <laughs> my favorite. So, maybe that's us today. Yeah, as long as no one's looking. All right, so, what do you want to do today? Hey, talking about spiritual growth, you know, in the, this week's uh, parish hour, which we won't get into too deeply, but there's one little thing I want to mention out of Exodus 25, verses 10 and 11. Uh, there were, uh, the discussion was being had, or not really discussion so much as the, the instruction was being given to God to tell the people that they should build an ark. And that they not only refer to all those who were present at the time, but applies to us today, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But it's interesting that the ark, which is uh, symbolic and uh, whatnot on, on a number of different levels, on uh, a few different things, on one level anyway that we'll talk about today, it's uh, symbolic of, of us, our mind, our heart, who we are. Um, and it says that we are to uh, make sure that that wooden ark was lined with gold on the outside and a layer of gold on the inside. And I immediately thought of Matthew, I believe it's chapter 23, maybe verse 27 around there somewhere where uh, Yeshua Jesus uh, is talking about, you know, the Pharisees uh, being whitewashed tombs on the outside. They were white clean and nice to look at but inside full of dead men's bones and then Paul kind of makes a similar point with a totally different uh, analogy talking about the circumcision in Romans chapter 2 when he says who then is a Jew but he who is one inwardly so it's not so much about who we present on the outside who you try to act like at church or around certain people uh you know, but inside you're all kind of messed up and, you know, life is a journey, not a destination. We talked about that earlier. Uh, thank God. Uh, God calls us as we are. We don't have to clean up first. Uh, but the process is 
Uh, we're supposed to be uh, walking in a process of sanctification, being made holy. We can talk about that later, but I've uh, yapped on a long time already. So it's pretty good, though. You know, I never, um, I never really thought about the Ark of the Covenant as being related to uh, our own bodies. I don't, I don't believe until I, you know, started um, looking at it from some messianic perspectives, which basically is. Jewish folks that have become Christians, and so the, the scriptures are um, looked at completely differently, which is why I've really enjoyed going to the church that we're at right now, because it's opened my eyes for some different stuff, and so that's been really cool, but yeah, we and the things that were in the ark are, are quite interesting, and we'll talk about those, but that's a big thing, I, I think, and for most of our spiritual growth and for our lives is is thinking that once we decide that we're going to allow God or Jesus to, to lead our decision-making process so that our lives can be lived better and uh, the goal I think that many of us strive for is, is for heaven. But, uh, you know, I never really planned on that being the last goal. I just kind of always enjoyed the fact that it's a growth process, and, and I've learned so much on the way, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's just it's just kind of interesting how, I think in, in that Old Testament lesson as well, right before that where they made the uh, golden calf, it, they basically did that when they were in the wilderness, but it's because Moses was gone too long on the mountain talking to God, getting instructions, so that to me is another thing I, I that struck home in our spiritual growth is man sometimes it takes a while you 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 profess faith and you, you say the prayer and you, you say gosh i'm a i'm a believer now all right where is it where's my bring on the goodies where's where's this perfect life that everybody talks about but you know I, we get so stinking impatient right you know it, it, it made me think too um what, what, what do we say, you know, you know, or parents like to say or or pastors or rabbis like to, to tell congregants that have kids? We're supposed to train them up in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart. And mm-hmm. we talk about the foundation of our faith. And yes, you know, a hundred Christians, what the foundation of their faith is. I don't know. I haven't actually done this survey, but I would surmise. What, what, what would you guess? The percentage-wise, would would say the foundation of their faith is. Most will say Christ crucified. That's what I was always taught. That's the foundation of our faith. Is Messiah Jesus, right? And just to believe. Yeah, to believe. Believe, believe, believe. But they're not. Right. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I, I would guess in the nineties easily. But the thing is, but then we have kids that are raised in the church and, you know, I I don't recall what the statistic is, but it's shocking, you know, back in the, I don't know, say the 50s or the 60s, you know, how many 18-year-olds professed a faith in in Jesus um, was pretty high compared to what it is now. I think in Europe, it's like less than 2%. Yeah. And we're headed that way. We're not, not quite there yet, thank God. No, but, it's not far off. Yeah, so so here's here's the question I have and the challenge, I guess, and I'm out. We're kind of going off in a different direction here, but we'll we'll bring it back around uh, <laughs> or we won't. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Um, but the question is, what's the problem? 
if we're raising them in the, in the faith and in the way they should go in the foundation of our faith is Christ crucified, why are so many young people walking away from the faith? Probably because part for me is that I don't think that we're really taught to dig that deep anymore. I don't think we're taught that it's a process of growth. We're taught that you say the prayers and you're there. And, and in so many people just don't really understand that themselves. It's not like we're doing it on purpose. It's just the, right. the teaching over the last 40 or 50 years has been just kind of uh, lacking maybe or just made too simple. You're, you're, kind, you're kind of there, I think. I kind of, kind of baited you. I should have let you know what we're... I mean, again, I didn't know where we're heading this direction, but... But but you said what I think most people would say is you know this, this game of life is really a monopoly game and we think that saying this prayer uh, uh, of salvation is our get out of hell free card uh, to you know <laughs> copy monopoly to get out of jail free card mm-hmm. and and we think okay I'm saved and now I can just go about my business uh, not so here here's the thing well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to, to bring this back to where I think we're supposed to go good luck. Yeah, I, I need it. <laughs> but, but but Jesus said, I am what? The way, the truth, and the life. And no man gets to the Father by me. So that's pretty important. So what is the way? I don't know. Before becoming part of a Messianic congregation, looking at things through the eyes of the first century Jewish believers uh, in Messiah, uh, that just meant, oh, I'm the way to get to heaven. Uh, well, really... Putting yourself in, in in Jesus, who was a Jew, and and his ministry was to the Jews, and then he sent them out, and and thank God uh, included us uh, Gentiles in in the mix. But he said when he said, "I am the way," there was kind of two reasons that made the the the, the Pharisees and, and 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 rabbis of the day tear their clothes and scream blasphemy. Is you know he's equating himself with with you know God, and that you know he's the only way, he's the gate to heaven. But when he said, I am the way, what did that be? What he said it was, I am, you know, chalacha, which is the way. And you'll see the phrase, the way in English, all over uh, the, the New Covenant. And what that ties back to is chalacha. Chalacha was not only the, the, the Torah, the law, the 613 commands, not just the, the 10, and, and the oral tradition, which was the explanation of of the laws, but also then you had uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 yeah, I can't think of the word. <laughs> the, it's easy the, for you to say the temple. Oh my goodness! I can't believe I'm going blank. We may or may not cut this out. Whatever. Anyway, the point is the the what do you call it when you go to court with a complaint? The advocate. No liar. Oh my good judge. The law, the law cases. When, 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 when you and I had a problem with each other, your your goat killed my puppy or something. I don't know, whatever. So we 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 take it to the temple, and and we we plead our case, and they would look at at the Torah and the instructions on you know and and, and decide based upon that who is responsible for what, and then it was written down. It was their codified case law. That's what I'm looking for, case law, uh, which is uh, the Gemara, uh, I believe. So, 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 uh, so again, 
Halakha, the way, it is a combination of the written Torah, the oral Torah, the, the, the case law, the judgments uh, based on that. And, and here's Messiah, here's Yeshua standing up and saying, I am that, I am the sum total of all of this. So, and, and John said, I am, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, God you know, became flesh and dwelt among men. He's talking about Yeshua. So, so uh, again, he is the law. So the foundation of our faith, on a superficial level, yes, is Christ, is Yeshua, is Messiah. But who is he? He's the Torah. So the foundation of our faith and what Jesus and the disciples all taught was indeed uh, Torah. And, and Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's all Torah. 